Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. At um, the ends of uh, these meetings, we usually do a short zikr, sometimes pronounced zikr, sometimes pronounced dhikr, uh, depending on uh, how you pronounce it. Uh, and people have asked me, what's the point of doing this? Why, why do people do dhikr? Why do people do zikr? Why uh, is it one of the main performance rituals of the Sufis? And the answer is that the zikr contains the names of Allah. And we repeat these names over and over and over. And the various names, like Rahman, Rahim, Shakur, have meanings like mercy and compassion and gratitude. And the point is that we repeat these names in order to bring about a remembrance in our being of what we once knew, which was mercy, compassion, and gratitude. So it's to reinvigorate that which we once knew, because it wore off. And we have to somehow bring it back. Um, Rahman, Rahim, uh, Shakur are all natural to us. But we somehow have to make them natural again after we had the input of the world upon ourselves since we were children. The world, in its illusory manifestations, attacked us. And we succumb to the attacks, and every time we were attacked by one of the worldly qualities, it weakened within our being the recognition of the godly qualities. So we have to reinvigorate the godly qualities. And there's a number of ways to do this. One way is to recite the zikr and to say these godly qualities over and over and over. Now it's important that you make a connection with these names. For instance, if you say Rahman, 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 and it has no meaning for you, um, it's from a foreign language, it doesn't connect to you, it makes no sense to you, it might be wiser to say, Mercy, 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 Mercy. Or whatever your native language is to 
be able to say it within that native language because the point is to make a connection with these qualities. Now, we can do zikr for hours and hours and hours, but there's also our interrelationship with the world. And the way the real connection is made, and maybe even quicker than zikr, is by having gratitude. Because by having gratitude, you are connecting to Allah through your action and through your being. So, as you have gratitude, and as the gratitude comes forth from you, that gratitude is quickly replaced by more gratitude because you've attached to the source of gratitude. By having compassion, as that compassion flows through you, it's replaced with more compassion because it is attached to the cornucopia of compassion. And we have to begin to think of the qualities as a sort of commodity. And instead of having a bank account of money, we need a bank account of qualities. And this is an interesting bank account because the interest on this bank account is many times what you give out. So, if you had money in the bank and you gave the money away, there'd be nothing left. But if you have a bank account of the qualities of Allah, as you give them away, the account is refilled more. And the more you give away, the more it's refilled. So, in order, the way to get more compassion is to give more compassion away. The way to get more mercy is to give more mercy away. The way to get more gratitude is to be more and more grateful. And so your account keeps growing and growing and growing because you are a dispenser of Allah's will. So you get the tools necessary to dispense His will. So, it takes a kind of turnaround in the way we think. Everybody wants to be loved. But can we give love away easily? Do we have the ability to love because we know that as we love, Allah will give us the capacity to have more love and to be lovelier. Do we have the capacity to give away compassion, to be compassionate? Because as we are compassionate, we are given the capacity to have more compassion. So, It is a combination of many different things that we do 
that create within us that state of the holy qualities. We do the repetition of the names of God to remind us of these qualities. But then in our life, we have to do these qualities. We have to become these qualities. We have to give these qualities. And then, we become appropriate human beings. When the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was at war with Mecca, while he was living in Medina, an Arab came to him and said, "We, I ask you to curse all of the Arabs in Mecca for what they're doing to us. And he responded, I did not come to this world as a curse. I came to this world as a mercy. And each of us has to understand that understanding. We have all come into this world as a mercy. And we must see ourselves as merciful. And we must see ourselves as dispensers of mercy. Imagine the difference in the world if people saw themselves as dispensers of mercy as opposed to dispensers of religion. If they saw themselves as dispensers of compassion as opposed to those who need to enforce rules. We need to begin to understand that kind of thinking and that way of being. And as that goes on within us, we change. And there's truly no other way to change because you are either going to accept the way of the world and take on the ways of the world or accept the ways of Allah and take on the ways of Allah. But Satan is very clever. And what Satan does is he takes on the ways of the world and presents them as if they were the ways of Allah. And tries to convince people that in doing his work, they are doing Allah's work. Satan will preach and tell people, you must make the world safe for Allah. You must protect the world for Allah. And to do this, you're allowed to do whatever is necessary to make this place correct for Allah. Do we really believe that Allah needs our protection? Do we really believe that Allah needs our help? Or do we understand that Allah is the all-powerful one? That Allah is the one who protects us? That we need His protection, that we need His help, that we need His qualities, that we need His understandings, that we need His salam, His peacefulness. And when we acquire His peacefulness, then we become appropriate in the world, and the world 
becomes appropriate. It happens like this, and it doesn't happen in any other way. We cannot attempt to do Allah's work in this world. It doesn't go like that. What we have to do is we have to let Allah's will come through us. We can't assume what His will is. And His will is defined by His names. So Allah's will is compassion. Allah's will is mercy. Allah's will is peace, salam. Allah's will is Rahman and Rahim. Allah's will is kindness. Allah's will is love. Allah is the most gracious. And Allah's will is graciousness. So there is such a high standard for hospitality within Islam. Why? Because who is a greater host than Allah? Allah has spread this entire world before us for our use. Allah has created all of the plants and animals in this world to be helpful to us, to provide us with food, to provide us with sustenance. Allah has set out everything on our behalf. And we have to begin to understand what He's done for us. And as we begin to understand what He's done for us, we can then begin to do for others the same thing He's done for us. What did all of the great Ketubs and the great Valis, the friends of Allah, and the prophets do? They came here and acted on behalf of mankind. They gave. They spent their time giving. They gave their life to help others. I had uh, the great kindness from Allah that I sat with one of these Qutub's friends of Allah and I watched him give his life on behalf of the ones who came before him. His entire life was encased in giving. Two hours to this one, four hours to this one, 20 minutes to this one, 30 minutes to this one. The next one who came in got what he needed. He was there to provide what was needed. When people came before him, often his first question is, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? Now, the truth is that when people came to him, they didn't know what they wanted and they didn't know what they needed. They just knew something was missing. So, over time he would explain to them what they wanted and he would explain to them what they needed and then they would be able to ask appropriately what it was 
that they needed. Uh, back in uh, the early 70s, when people first, uh, when Bauer first came to America, when he, he would sit, when, when he would ask people what did they wanted, what they wanted, people would answer with things like, I want to know God, or I want to be enlightened, or I want to have divine consciousness. People gave those answers really quickly because they'd heard those phrases and they'd heard those words, but they had no idea what was entailed in the process of having that. They never considered that to be enlightened meant that you had to give everything away. That all of the things you thought enlightenment were going to do for you in the world, in reality, it was just the opposite. There was no fame from enlightenment. There was no glory in the world from enlightenment. There is no power in the world from enlightenment. What there is, is a life of difficulty trying to assist others because the pain of others becomes your pain. So when people were asking to be enlightened, they were saying, give me the pain of the world. But they didn't know what they were saying. They didn't know what they were asking for. We have to understand that being in a higher station means being placed in a more difficult place. Who had a more difficult life in this world than the prophets? Who had a more difficult life in this world than the true friends of Allah? Who was constantly shunned and who did they throw rocks at? The ones who came to help. The ones who were enlightened. The ones who had the truth. The ones who knew what was necessary for the world and came to give it freely. But people didn't want what they were giving because to them it appeared that they were giving them difficulties. They wanted the world. And if the prophet didn't hand out the world, then they didn't want the prophet. They didn't want his words. They didn't want what he had to say. They wanted more stuff. And if he wasn't giving out stuff, they didn't want to hear about what he had to say. Yet, they said, oh, we believe in Allah. We believe in the truth. We do what we're supposed to do. But they never understood the heart of what that doing is. They believed that if they walked in the mosque and go, and they were done in three minutes and ran out of the mosque, they had done their obligation. They saw their relationship with Allah as a relationship of obligation. And people still see their relationship with Allah as a relationship of obligation. They don't understand that it has to be a relationship of love, a relationship of yearning, a relationship of getting closer to that essence of things. And 
when we finally turn it from obligation to love, then we're finally beginning to walk on the straight path. Because it's in love that the straight path exists. It's in love that the truth exists. It's in love that hak reality exists. And it's only in love that we can find the right way. Every other attitude will take us somewhere else. Every other attitude will keep us from the truth and blind us to believe that we are the truth. And until we understand in a profound way that the only truth is Allah and our truth has no meaning unless it conforms to Allah's truth, we have not found the way. And Satan will constantly come and preach that the world is the truth and conquering the world is the truth and waving flags on behalf of Allah is the truth and shooting people on behalf of Allah is the truth and wiping out the non-believers is the truth. The believers have a duty to believe. The believers have a duty to believe. And that's their duty. Believe. Believe as powerfully as you can. Believe with tolerance. Believe with mercy. Believe with compassion. Believe with gratitude. The word Muslim means believer. It doesn't mean anything else. It's not a club. It's not a group. It's one who believes in Allah. And we need to become believers. Not out of obligation or duty, but we need to become believers out of love. We need to become believers because we understand the nature of this existence where we came from, and where we're going to. And that this entire existence is like a bubble that can be popped in an instant. It's like the blink of an eye. All of us have something in common. We've all passed a lot of years. And for all of us, no matter what age we are now, if we blink our eyes, we can go back from the time we were born to now, and we can see all of those memories. That time has just disappeared. As we stay here longer, that inter- those intervals of time will continue to disappear. And in the intervals of time, the Quran says, there is but one thing that will do any positive thing for you. And that is meeting with others to praise Allah and to spend your time in understanding Allah. So when we gather as a group, we are doing one of the fundamental things that Allah requires of us, which is gathering in his name to praise him and to come closer to him through love for him. 
And when when this becomes our work, then salam becomes our state. When you do when when mercy and compassion are your work, then peacefulness is your state. And your state can't be peaceful unless these things become your work. So we know what's laid out for us. We're, we've been given the knowledge of how this system works. Now we have to implement this knowledge into actual work. We have to implement this knowledge into our way of life. We have to become what it is we talk about. We have to become the zikr. And that's why when we recite the zikr, we have to really take these words that we say, we have to take them with great care, and as we're saying them, apply them to ourselves with a plea. So when we say Rahman, we should be really saying Allah, allow me to become the quality of Rahman that is yours. That should be the intention that's set in a zikr. And without that intention, it's like rushing through your prayers. We can rush through any ritual. A ritual is only as good as the qualities that it carries with it. A ritual without qualities has no meaning. And our life has to become one of meaning. So much of the world, life has become a sensual pleasure. We need to turn away from the sensual and turn inwardly towards the qualities that represent our Creator. This is a lifelong work. This is not something that finishes after we do one set of prayers or one zikr. There's a reason that prayers are five times a day, because they need to be repeated over and over and over. And one of the things that happens to us is we forget. When you're thirsty and you drink, you're not thirsty anymore. And then you forget that you were ever thirsty until you haven't had water for a long time. When you're hungry and you eat, you become satisfied. But you also forget that you were hungry. And you forget what hunger was like until you become hungry again. And when we have mercy, as the mercy fades away, we forget what mercy was like until we become merciful again, until the tears of compassion roll from our eyes, we forget. So we have to constantly remind ourselves. We have to constantly turn towards Allah and beg to be given the understanding of those qualities. May it come easy for all of us. May it be the way we live our lives. And may he show us his way.
Amin, Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.